until Jesus shall descend. And no shall be the better rise to meet the Lord and King. And up yonder in the sky, well, you know it won't be very long. It won't be very long until Jesus Shall appear that day is drawing, drawing near. Will you be ready to meet that ransom, ransom throne? Get ready for that day. It won't be very, very long. And it won't be very long until here we cease to roam, you know. And it won't be very long until all the saints get home, you know. And when we're smiling, what are we going to do? We'll walk those streets of gold and what else? And sing the Savior's praise where saints are never, oh, you know. It won't be very long, it won't be very long till Jesus shall appear. That day is drawing near. Yeah, will you be ready to meet that ransom, ransom throne? Get ready for that day and sing it one more time. Cause you know it won't be very long and it won't be very long until Jesus shall appear that day. And here with you be ready to be ransom throng is ready for that day it won't be very long let's all read it together one two three read new self courage the courage to stand for what I believe is right and not follow the crowd based on what is written in the word of God even when it is unpopular inconvenient or when I have to stand alone with the Holy Spirit. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Truly God is good. I said God is good and all the time. And if you're visiting with us, no strangers in the house, just friends whom we have not met. We certainly want to congratulate brother and sister Gross on brother Gross retirement from the armed forces. Brother Gross, will you please stand? Sister Gross, will you please stand? Because he didn't do it by himself. Amen, amen. We're so proud of you all. God bless you. And good to have his mother in the house. Mama, stand up. Stand up wherever you are. Let's give her love deposit. Amen, amen, amen. A happy mother. Amen. He couldn't have done it if it wasn't for her. She was the one that encouraged him. And we're just so thankful to God that he's blessed us with the Gross family. They have become a wonderful addition to the Delcrest Church of Christ. I have encouraged Brother Gross. He's been working hard and diligently. I want him in our leadership training class. And uh, he, that's deacon material. 
Amen. And so maybe in a year or two, he might be another one of our deacons. So we just appreciate him and Deborah and the children and the way they magnificently lift up the bloodstained banner of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where are we in the month of February? All the birthdays, anniversaries from January, will you all please stand so we can give you a love deposit? All the anniversaries, all the birthdays, praise God. Let's give them a love deposit. Amen. Brother Adams, you in January? Oh, your anniversary? Anniversary. Just checking. I'm just wondering because it seems like every month you're standing for something. No, I'm just <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. The text, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Really, we're dealing with the life of perhaps my favorite apostle, and that is the apostle Paul. And I just want to preach briefly or to introduce this lesson. We'll have an opportunity to deal with it in detail in the second service, but I just want to deal with this particular theme. I've spoken about this theme before, and I had the august pleasure of dealing with this particular theme in the Texas State Lectureship. Mary and I were there, and I'm sure Mary tore it up on the women's side, and God gave me favor for the general uh, presentation. We just had a wonderful, wonderful time in the Lord. And uh, Brother Ivory and his staff there in, in Central Texas need to be applauded for the marvelous job that they did. But I want to talk about this concept, finishing strong. It's really not how you start, but how you finish. Today we are going to have the Super Bowl. And really, I've only met one or two Kansas City Chief fans in all my life, and both of them are right here this morning. <laughs> and I'm really thinking it's just one. I think Beth just goes alone to get alone to support her husband. But uh, Elder Riley got the, got the uh, mitigated gall to come up here wearing his Kansas City Chief jersey. But I commend him because he's the only chief fan that I have ever met. And he's the real deal. But after 32 teams, 16 weeks of competition, today it comes down to two teams. And only one team will leave that field having finished strong. My Dallas Cowboys, God help us. They started out 3-0, and and everybody automatically put them in the Super Bowl. And then they end up finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. And every sports prognosticator said they are the most talented team in all of the National Football League. I discovered a long time ago, talent is not enough to get you to where you need to be. There are a whole lot of folk that got talent, but they never finish strong. I remember in Super Bowl 51, when the Atlanta Falcons 
were playing the New England Patriots. And the Falcons were up 28 to 3. And it wasn't even halftime. I'll never forget it. We were all over Brother Lofton's house and we were just about ready to get our, our Doritos and sodas and, and leave after halftime. And everybody was jaw jacking, saying, Well, this Super Bowl is over. And it just looked like the Falcons were going to win their first Super Bowl. And do you not know that the Patriots went on a 31 to nothing run? <laughs> and beat them 34 to 28 because the Patriots finish strong. And it's not how well you start, but it's how well you finish. When we look at our text, here we see the Apostle Paul. And look at him finishing strong. For I am now ready to be offered like a sacrifice. And the time of my departure is at hand. Like he's looking at his itinerary and he's getting ready to take a trip. I fought a good fight like a prize fighter. I finished my course like a good student. I have kept the faith like a good trustee henceforth and henceforth means it brings all the action forward there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge should give me and not to me only but to all those who love him at his appearing he's finishing strong He's finishing courageously. But when you backtrack, when you go back and look at how he started, how he started was not an indication of how he was going to finish. Over there in Acts chapter 7, we find him there with the garments lying in front of him after he received letters of consent from the high priest to approve the death of Stephen, who was one of the first deacons in the church, and he was there witnessing the stoning of Stephen, and those that were stoning him laid the garments down in front of him as if they were tired from throwing stones, and it looked like Saul was right there cheering them on. He doesn't look like the man who said later on, for now I'm ready to be offered. When we get to about Acts chapter 9, the Bible says, He's breathing out threatenings and slaughters. He's going into the homes of believers, dragging them out in chains and taking them to Jerusalem to stand before the Sanhedrin council, and they were going to be imprisoned, incarcerated, and some of them put to death simply for being a child of God. He doesn't look like the same man who's about to put his head in Nero's choppy block and saying, I fought a good fight. 
Look at how he started. He started out against the church. He started out being against the believers. He started out fighting against Christ on his way to Damascus. And then he saw a light shining brighter than a noonday sun. Knocked him to the ground. Blinded him. And he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Doesn't look like the man who said, I have finished my course. Starting out weak. And then he said, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And it amazes me when you look at that, he was persecuting Christ's church. But Christ said, you're bothering me because you can't talk about the church without talking about Christ. You can't persecute the church without persecuting Christ because the church is the bride of Christ. And when you mess with the church, you're messing with Christ because Christ is the head of the church and he's the husband of the church. And then he told him to go down a street called Straight, told him to go on into the city and it would be told him what he must or ought to do. And look at him. He doesn't look like this great globe trotter. He doesn't look like this man that wrote at least 13 epistles. He doesn't look like the man that started more churches than he could count, that led more people to Christ than he could number. He doesn't look like that man. He doesn't look like the same one. And then the Lord told Ananias that this man, this Saul, who Ananias was afraid to even go in and talk with Saul because he knew about his reputation. He knew that this was a man that persecuted the church. And the Lord said, he's a chosen vessel unto me, and I'm going to show him what great things he must suffer because of my name's sake. It just looked like the persecutor now becomes a persecuted. The hater becomes a motivator. The antagonist against Christianity becomes the greatest protagonist for Christianity. It's not how you start. And my question is, when it comes to New Self Curry, how are you going to finish? And while he's there, blind for three days, hungry or fasting for three days, praying for three days, after the Lord finally encouraged Ananias to go in and preach to him, when Ananias finally comes in, he said, Saul, Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the And then this very man who persecuted the church gets up and go to the very folk that he's persecuted. Talk about courage. See, courage 
It's not the absence of fear, but it is the ability to move on in spite of it. Look at him. He's afraid. He's got to go to the very folk that he persecuted. He's got to go to the very folk that he incarcerated. He's got to go to the very folk who indirectly had family members put to death because of him. And now he's got to stand up in the midst of that audience and the very Christ he preached against. Now he's got to preach for. The very church he was trying to destroy. Now he's got to develop it. And when he comes to the believers, they think he's faking. They think he's front and stunned. But when he decides to give his life to Jesus, the very folk that had commissioned him are not trying to kill him. That's why I can say in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And he told young Timothy, he said, but continue thou in the things thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, which is through faith in Christ Jesus. Look at him, finishing strong. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all. Look at him preaching the gospel even on his deathbed. This is not the same man that had to be lowered in a basket down a wall to escape those who would put him to death. Remember he told them in Acts chapter 20 and about verse 20 when, when he said, and behold now, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem not knowing the things which shall befall me there. Watch this say the Holy Ghost witnesses bonds and affliction. But he said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I see that you all among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men for I've not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made your overseers to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this that after my departing after I die 
grievous wolves are going to enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves shall they draw away disciples after themselves. See, look at him now. It's not how you start. And he tells Timothy from his place of incarceration, I charge you, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick in the dead. He's a Timothy, preach the word. Be instant, in season and out of season. Preach the word. When they want to hear it, preach the word when they don't want to hear it. Preach the word when you got help. Preach the word when you don't have help. Preach the word when they say amen. Preach the word when they don't say amen. Preach the word when you got support. Preach the word when you don't have support. In other words, Timothy, I understand what it's like to preach the word and you feel like you're out there all by yourself, but reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Look at him finishing strong. For the time will come, and we're living in those times, when men and women will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, their own desire, shall they heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. And even in the church, they turn their ears away from the truth. Watch this. And they are turned unto fables, fairy tales, just motivational speaking. But watch thou in all things endure affliction. He knows what affliction is like. Do the work of an evangelist. We don't preach to be popular. We don't preach to be unpopular. We don't preach to be like. We don't preach to be disliked. We don't preach to get a pat on the back. We don't preach to get an attaboy. We preach to please God. For I am now ready to be offered. Look at him talking about his life like he's a sacrifice being brought to the high priest, laid on the altar and sacrificed unto God. He said, my whole life was nothing but an offering unto God. That's what he meant in Romans 12 and verse 1 when he said, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, inacceptable unto God, which is your re... He was talking about himself. He was talking... He realized that his entire life was nothing but an offering to God. And now, when you look at where he is now, based on where he started, he's finishing strong. 
last Sunday, like many of you all, I went home and after church and got refreshed and got ready to watch a little basketball on television. And, and then I get this text on my phone. Really, my sister in New York hit me up first. She said, Jerry, is it true? Is it true? Is it fake news? I'm like, what, what is she talking about? I didn't know. Got out the shower and phone going off. And then she said, about, about Kobe. I said, what about Kobe? Jerry, I heard he dead. I'm like, girl, quit joking. Quit playing around. Because you know, when you look at the internet, there's so much fake news out there. You got to be careful, young people, social media, you got to be careful. Look, I don't, I don't, I, I've basically shut down my Facebook account. I know some of you all be hitting me up on Facebook. And if I don't hit you back, it's because I'm just not on Facebook and social media like that anymore. I just don't do it like that. I, I check it out to see what's going on, but uh, some people just get too obsessed with that stuff. You know, I really don't. I really don't care what folks think about me. I really don't care what folks say about me. All that I'm concerned about is what God knows about me. And you, and you need to cut that stuff off sometime. Quit. Quit trying to chase down likes and, and all that kind of foolishness. You just need to delete some people. And every once in a while, you need to close down your account and get a break from Sometimes you need to cut off your phone. Preach, Jerry. But I checked it out, and I went to Twitter. And I looked at it. I said, wait, I said, wait. Kobe? I mean, wait a minute. Not Kobe Bryant. Mamba mentality. Invincible, great guy. I didn't know him, but from a distance. I mean, this guy got five NBA championships, 18 all-star appearances, two gold medals, a, what, a Grammy, or whatever he was. I mean, uh, uh, overcame an incident in Colorado where it looked like his life was going to plummet. Uh, went and bought his wife a big old 14-carat uh, gold ring and, and, and re-established himself with the Lakers and with his family and, and just an outstanding fella. Look at this young man. He was fit, fine, rich, had the whole world in his hand. Unlike Michael Jackson, he didn't die from a drug overdose. Unlike Prince, he didn't die from a drug overdose. This was a man living his best life. I'm a big Lakers fan, y'all know. Don't hate, appreciate. And then I heard this helicopter went down. And not only did it go down, but his, his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, was with him. I mean, this man had the world in his hands. He wasn't drugging, no sexual assaults after Colorado. I mean, he had the best life anybody could ever want. You talk about living your best life. 
He was. This man had $700 million sitting in the bank on his way to being a billionaire. He had it all. And the first time I saw Kobe on the basketball court, they were playing the Utah Jazz. This kid shot the ball four times in the closing moments, missed all four. Air balls is not how you start. It's how you finish. Five championships later, 18 all-star appearances later, two Olympic gold medals later, a Grammy or Oscar, whatever it was, later. $700 million in the bank, four beautiful daughters, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a daddy, of, I'm a girl's daddy too. Taking Mamba University, Mamba mentality, universal all over the world. China, Italy, yeah, uh, Middle East, you name it. He touched the lives of many on the helicopter going to the sporting event that he paid for. All the young girls basketball teams that he brought together, he trained, he developed, supporting the WNBA, saying his daughter was going to play for UConn. It was all laid out. She had the mentality of a daddy. She was just, I mean, he had the whole world. Finishing strong. Last time I saw him on the basketball court, he scored 60 points on his way out against the team he started with where he shot four air balls. He started with the Utah Jazz, and everybody wrote him off. Oh, this kid, is, this 17-year-old kid is a bust. Jerry West has made the biggest mistake of his life. And then he scored 60 points after he had an Achilles injury, came back, scored 60 points in his retirement and farewell game. 60 points. Finish strong. What a good guy. My heart, even today, all week long, I don't even know this man. I'm just a big Lakers fan. But when his daughter and my heart go out to those seven others on that helicopter, church, I don't mind telling you, I cried. I cried because that's a tragedy. And what that tells me is life is nothing more than a vapor. To be 41 years, I'm 20 years older than him, 41 years of age, go, poof. But 
But to his credit, he finished from the world's perspective. I understand he was a Catholic, and I'm not trying to hate. He went to church that morning, as he always did. At least he went to church. We can't get some folk to come to church, period. And they've been baptized in the church. But my point is, he finished strong. And that's what New Self Courage is about. It's about doing what I know and what I believe to be right based on the word of God, irrespective of the crowd. And I don't care how unpopular it is. I don't care who I inconvenience when it comes to pleasing God. I'm going to live out my conviction. So look at Paul, how he finished. Started out a persecutor, ended persecuted. Started out an antagonist, ended a protagonist. Started out against Christ, ended being the greatest apostle and greatest preacher that ever preached the gospel other than Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul. For I'm not ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand, eulogizing himself. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. How you gonna finish? Henceforth, there is laid up a crown of righteousness for me. And not for me only, but for all those who love the Lord when he returns. How you going to finish? Riley, I don't know who's going to win today. My heart is with the Chiefs, but my head said, watch out for them 49ers. And isn't it wonderful to know that 50 years, they played, the Chiefs played in the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl one, against the Green Bay Packers. They lost. It was uh, with Lynn Dawson. They played in the third Super Bowl and won it against the Minnesota Vikings and hadn't been back since until today. And their fan base is one of the most loyal fan base in all of the NFL. Think about that. And as a matter of fact, the conference championship trophy is named after the owner, he's deceased now, uh, Lamar Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. But here's my point. My point is this. They hadn't been to a Super Bowl in 50 years, 50 years. But they support that team like they win in it every year. We serve a God who never lost a battle. Never came up short. And if we had the kind of commitment to him, I know I'm preaching to the converted in here, that they have to a team that hadn't won in 50 years. Once, we, we complain about the Cowboys, 
got five Super Bowls and hadn't been in 25 years. The Kansas City Chiefs hadn't been there in 50 years and got one. Let me tell y'all something. I just want to be one in the number that hear the Lord say, Jerry, you've been faithful over a few. I don't know who's going to be at my funeral. I don't know who's going to eulogize me. But I just want to hear one voice on the other side. Jerry, you've been faithful over a few things. Now enter into your rest and I'll make you ruler over many. How you going to finish? Hmm? How you going to finish? And if you need to come to the Lord right now by faith, just like Saul did, repenting of your sins, confessing him, I'll say to you like Ananias said to Saul, why tarries thou? Arise. Be baptized. Wash away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. And somebody's knocking at your door. And oh, sinner, sinner, why don't you answer? Yeah, somebody. He's knocking at your door. Knocks like Jesus. It knocks like Jesus. Somebody is knocking at your door. Sounds like Jesus. It sounds like Jesus. Somebody is knocking at your door. And oh, Sinner, why, why don't you answer? Yeah, somebody's knocking at your door. Thank you, Brother Houston, for that wonderful message this morning. We have two cards this morning. Uh, Brother McFarland is asking for special prayers for Caleb. Uh, he will be having surgery this Friday. And we'll be praying for little Caleb. Sister Margie Johnson is asking special prayers for Johnny Welcher. Uh, she's having surgery this Friday. We want to keep her in, your, in our prayers. Yes. Ask Brother Parker to give us a prayer. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we come to you asking you to remember the persons. We are with us all the time and everywhere. 